Hey friends, this is episode 55 of Faith Fitness Joy. How I healed anxiety and depression without medication. I struggled with anxiety and depression for decades. I tried everything, including therapy and medications. Through unexpected and unintentional means, I healed my anxiety and depression and have been free from both of these for several years now. While I don't intend any of what I share in today's episode to serve as medical or psychological advice or replace that of any professionals uh, in those categories that you may be seeing, I do intend to share the comprehensive approach that helped me overcome these conditions without medication. So join me in today's episode to learn about some things that you can add to what you're already doing for anxiety and depression. This is Faith Fitness Joy and my name is Rochelle Weiss. Are you struggling to lose weight, love yourself, and reconnect to who you truly are? Do you feel depressed, exhausted, and overwhelmed? Are you drowning under the weight of your responsibilities and obligations? Do you find yourself constantly wishing for more time, energy, and happiness? And do you seek a deeper connection to God or have a desire to grow spiritually? As a single mom working in a demanding full-time job, I felt exactly like this. I was struggling with depression and anxiety. I was exhausted and overwhelmed. I had become disconnected from myself and lost who I was. I felt like a shell of myself. I was working over 60 hours a week. I was stressed out and I was spread way too thin. I was struggling to lose weight and hated my body, which only added to my depression. I knew I had to do something and fast. I wanted to be better for my kids. Through lots of trial and error, I did find myself again. I regained my health, I lost weight, I transformed my mindset, and healed myself and my soul. As an intuitive coach and energy healer, my mission is to help other high-performing moms accomplish the same, to guide them to their happiest, healthiest, highest version of themselves. Faith Fitness Joy is all about achieving whole health, health of the mind, body, and soul for high-performing moms. If you're ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, and step into the happiest, healthiest, highest version of you, then this is the podcast for you. All right. Welcome to episode 55 of Faith, Fitness, Joy. Today, I am sharing the comprehensive approach that has helped me heal anxiety and depression without medication. This approach has included the following. Number one, regular exercise. Number two, good nutrition. Number three, cutting out alcohol. Number four, establishing a positive mindset. Five, meditation. Six, journaling. And seven, self-healing. I started experiencing depression at a very young age. It started when I was about 12 years old. I had started junior high that year. And with that came the beginning of a new level of bullying that did not take too long to start destroying my spirit. While I had been made fun of and targeted in elementary school, it became much worse in junior high. A larger school meant more kids, and that meant more bullies. Not only was I being verbally attacked by about seven different people all day, every day, in the hallways at school, but it also started to become physical. Girls would try to grab my eyelashes and pull my hair in the locker room, as well as verbally attack my body as we changed during PE or after PE. They made fun of my clothes, my hair, my makeup, my weight. In the hallways and at lunchtime, it was even worse. There were boys who barked at me, 
spit at me, threw food at me. There was the day one of the popular boys threw an unopened soda can at me, hitting me on my shin bone extremely hard, knocking me down in pain, and the soda exploded all over me as I stood in the quad talking to my one friend. The whole quad roared in laughter, and I used every ounce of strength that I could muster in that moment not to cry until I got to the bathroom. As if this wasn't sufficient, I was pushed down the concrete stairs at least five times that I can remember, once landing at the feet of my crush. Within a few months of my first year into junior high, it was more than I knew how to cope with as a 12-year-old, going through puberty and in that awkward place between being a kid and becoming a teenager. I did not understand that this didn't mean anything about me. In fact, I believed quite the contrary. Hearing such cruel words and being physically assaulted daily by what felt like the entire school, I started internalizing it and I made it mean something about me. I didn't know how huge of a mistake this was at the time because I was just a kid after all and I wasn't equipped for the amount of hatred that was being thrown at me on a daily basis. I felt very alone. I felt unlovable, unworthy, and absolutely disgusting. In time, I found myself in a very dark place, what I have come to call the pit. And this is when I'm in the depths of my depression. So I started avoiding the mirror and I started thinking about death. Anger had started to consume me and I started experiencing depression. Now, of course, being that I was 12 years old when this first started, I had no clue that that's what it was. I just knew that I was in a lot of pain and I had started to believe that the world would have been better without me in it. Fortunately, I was too scared of what would happen on the other side if I had followed through with taking my life. As I got older, what I had unknowingly established was a very negative dominant thought paradigm in which I was disgusting and unworthy. And this governed every aspect of my life for a very long time. My outer reality reflected this from my self-image to my finances and my relationships. Since I was oblivious to the way that my thoughts were creating my reality and how people that we come across in our lives really only mirror back what's going on inside of us, I just saw all of these things as proof of my unworthiness. Again, turning everything that happened to me, things that other people did to me on myself. And this led me to a pattern of self-destructive behaviors and cycling in and out of depression. As I moved up in my job over the years and gained more responsibility, my stress levels continued to increase, at which point I started experiencing panic attacks. And I didn't know what they were at first, so of course they were terrifying. I thought I was dying the first couple times that it happened. Um, and after the third one, where I woke up on my bathroom floor after I had passed out from a panic attack that hit me in the middle of the night, I went to the doctor. And he didn't say much except that I had anxiety and depression. And then he turned to this cardboard box that he had in a cabinet and he grabbed a giant handful of these sample packets that he said he had gotten at a conference in Hawaii that he recently went to. And they were some sort of antidepressant. And he handed them to me. And then he started, um, he told me to start taking them immediately um, and not to quit taking them unless I checked with him. 
So, um, to this day, I don't know exactly what it was that he gave me because they were just like these sample packets and I don't remember what the name on them was. Um, and I tried them for about three days. And in that three days, I remember sitting at work and trying to focus and trying to do my job. And I just felt like I was in this waking, endless, lucid acid trip. And I couldn't function at all, especially not at work. Um, I decided that panic attacks and bouts of depression was probably better than feeling like that. Um, and I knew I couldn't work or function with taking whatever this was that the doctor had given me. So I ditched the pills after the third day. Um, so fast forward about 10 years and the pattern had continued and it had gotten worse as I moved um, into different positions and now had, um, you know, pretty much chronic stress in the mix with um, anxiety and moving in and out of depression. Um, I tried counseling to help with it and I did this for about a year um, and it was somewhat helpful, um, but I it was more just a space for me to talk to the counselor um, or therapist about, you know, my stress and what was going on at work and whatnot, but there wasn't really any solution or resolution to it. Um, and then he eventually prescribed me um, medication for my anxiety um, to help me prevent the panic attacks um, because they were starting to happen at work at this point. So by the time I had come through... Um, well, so backing up a little bit. So I, I continued with that for a little while, um, probably maybe a year. I kind of kept the anxiety medication on hand and I just used it when I felt like I might have a panic attack coming on. And then over time, I just quit. I just kind of stopped using them. Um, and then by the time that I had come through my divorce, which was about 10 years ago now, um, I was in a really low place. My oldest uh, son, my oldest child, my son was about three and I had just had my daughter, my second child. Um, and so by this point, I had developed a really strong connection to God and I was largely managing my conditions through faith, um, <clears throat> relying on my church community, um, relying on God. And then fast forward several years later, I now have my youngest child, my third, um, and I have gone through two relationships that ended very painfully for me. Um, once again, I was in this pit, this, I call it the pit because it's a very dark place to be emotionally, energetically. Um, it just feels like couldn't really pick myself up no matter how hard I tried. I couldn't seem to get myself out of this space. Um, so that's where I was again, only now I had three children to take care of. And I'm recognizing that I had to figure something out because I couldn't, I couldn't continue to like just stay in this place. I had to figure out how to get out of this boat, so to speak. Um, and I knew from my past experiences that I didn't want to go down the, the path of going to the doctor or um, therapy because I knew they were just going to prescribe me medication. And I knew that that really wasn't helping me. And I wanted to get to the root of it. I wanted to figure out how can I like not have to do this anymore? How can I get past this completely? Um, so most of my issues at this point, um, it was pretty obvious to me that they were born of my body image issues and my weight. Um, all of this stuff that I'd kind of carried from what I was experiencing at a very young age in junior high, which, um, 
you know, going into adulthood, it, it may seem like, well, you know, you would have grown out of that or you would have shrugged it off. But that was very traumatizing for me. Um, what I experienced in those years. And um, again, now that I understand trauma um, and what it can do to you, and I understand now that at the time that all of that happened to me, I did not have the capacity or the maturity or the level of understanding to manage the intense emotional impact that all of those years growing up had on me. Um, and so it, it had just continued to sort of move with me through into adulthood and it continued to affect me. Um, but I didn't realize until much later that that's what was really going on. So, um, but you know, when I got to the point of realizing I had to do something and I had to figure out how to make myself better, um, I had at least figured out that all of the issues that I was struggling with were related to sort of this unworthiness that I had that was tied to my weight and my body image. Um, and so I thought, okay, if I can lose weight, then I can move past this. Like, I'll feel better about myself. Like, everything will be okay if I can get this excess weight off. Because I had, you know, had three kids by now. And so I wanted to lose the baby weight and get back to, you know, my my healthiest kind of version of myself. Um, so that's how I embarked on this whole thing. So it wasn't, you know, it in a way, yes, under underlying was like wanting to not have to struggle with depression and anxiety anymore. But I thought that the, the key to that was weight loss. That was kind of like my narrow focus at the time. So then how did I go from like having this chronic anxiety and depression to where I'm at now where I don't have anxiety and I don't have depression? So looking back over this journey that I've taken and um, these habits and this lifestyle that I have built for myself, there are seven components to it that I continue to follow to this day. Um, but these are the things I moved through that ultimately, I think, worked all together to help me overcome this. So the first one, again, as I said, I was approaching this from like, if I can lose weight, I'll be okay. Um, so I started with exercise and weight loss, right? So um, that was where I began. That was kind of like the door through which I started to find my path to inner healing. And um, so, like I said, I thought like, okay, if I can get this really fit, perfect body, then, you know, all the rest is going to fall in place, um, which only underscores in hindsight how deeply rooted my sense of worth was in how my body looked. So I've lost weight a few times. Um since then. And each time it didn't really fix this body dysmorphia that I had. Um, but I will get into that in a minute because that is definitely related to how I healed the anxiety and depression. Um, what exercise did do for me, though, is that in addition to helping me lose weight, of course, it helped me improve my overall outlook and it boosted my confidence. Over the years, I've learned that I get a lot of mental clarity when I exercise. I feel better about anything that I might be like working through or that might be bothering me at the time. And I feel better through the day overall. Um, and I have more confidence overall when I exercise. So um, and the other thing, you know, now exercise is very much like something I don't like to go without. Um, because it's kind of like, not just my me time, but 
I find it very therapeutic, I guess you could say, to to work out, like working it out, so to speak. Um, moving my body really helps with my mental health as well. Um, second is good nutrition. So again, this was all related to losing weight. And so as I was pursuing, you know, um, weight loss goals, uh, that led me into exploring my nutrition. And I started to learn to eat to fuel my body for my workouts um, with a focus on giving my body what it needs for fuel and being healthy. Like, so feeding my body what it needs to be the healthiest that it can be. Um, and then as I did that, I started to experience other improvements as well. So yes, of course, eating differently helped me lose weight, but it also helps me feel better. I have more energy when I eat the right kinds of foods. I have more focus in my work. I have more, um, like a boost when I start my day with like some greens and fruit and uh, protein. And uh, my mood improves when I follow good nutrition, like again, eating lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and hydrating really well. So the third thing is eventually I cut out alcohol completely. Um, And over the years in reflecting back and looking at different ways that I could further my weight loss efforts and also just you know, feel better, um, I started to realize alcohol was not doing me any favors. Um, I started to realize that I was self-medicating with alcohol for years, and I didn't even really realize that that's what I was doing for a really long time. Um, You know, my job was really stressful. So in my mind, it made sense to have like a couple glasses of wine when I got home from work. I would really look forward to coming home from work and starting dinner and I'd have a glass of wine while I was cooking dinner and it would just help me like calm down from the stress of the day and whatever was, you know, like stressing me out at work. And then later, as I experienced other painful, stressful events, like going through my divorce and these breakups and when my father passed away, later when my best friend passed away, like I would always end up um, drinking more than I normally did. You know, I had sort of like a baseline um that I would drink and I started realizing that over time with this sort of compounding effect of these, a lot of these different stressors and really emotionally difficult or painful things that were happening over this 10 year window um, or a little bit less than that, I guess, outside of my divorce, um, I started to look at that. So Um, and I realized I was, you know, kind of using the alcohol to numb the pain and to not experience these emotions, um, that, uh, we know came with all of these things that were, you know, really painful. Um, but in the end, I started to realize the alcohol was really only making my anxiety and my depression worse. Um, and kind of when things sort of really took a, like came to a head for me, um, was I, it was like over the holiday break with my kids and I took my oldest two to see, um, a movie. Um, and I had drank on Christmas. Um, and it was a couple days after that. Um, and I remember feeling really anxious and I wasn't feeling so great. Um, and anyway, I had a panic attack when we were at the theater. Um, and it's, it was so bad that I actually thought I was having a heart attack. It was far worse than any panic attack I had ever had. And it had been a while since I had one. And so um, anyway, long story short, I found out that um, the alcohol was actually 
amplifying my anxiety. Uh, and so that was the point that I decided, you know, to start cutting it out of my day to day and not drinking anymore. And eventually, um, I cut alcohol out of completely. Um, so I don't drink, um, at all anymore. And when I cut it out completely after about two months, um, of not drinking, I started to notice that my anxiety was way, way better. It was almost non-existent. Um, and my depression had started to subside. And then eventually over time, they both disappeared completely. So the fourth thing is establishing a positive mindset. So over the course of my journey to lose weight, I came to realize that most of my body image issues had to do with the way that I was talking to myself in my head. I was cutting myself down constantly and it dawned on me that I was basically repeating some iteration of the crap that kids were saying to me in junior high and in high school. Um, and it had become so automatic that I didn't even really, I, it, I had never added that up. Um, and I had learned um, that I had to love and accept my body at every stage of my weight loss journey. Um, so I had to start learning to love and accept my body. In other words, before I actually reached my goal weight, um, because I had learned that it wouldn't matter when I hit my goal weight, if I hadn't cleaned up my body image issues and my mindset. Um, so that meant, um, in order to do that at first, I was repeating a lot of things to myself that I didn't believe at first. I was using a lot of affirmations, um, as a way to turn my mindset around. And so, you know, I was telling myself things like, um, I am beautiful and I love my body every morning, um, every evening, as much as I could think throughout the day, I was using these affirmations and yeah, it felt silly for a while. Um, but I trusted the process and I stuck with it and I would rotate new affirmations in and out every month or so based on whatever I wanted to feel about myself, um, and, you know, kind of whatever my goals for who I wanted to become were. And eventually, um, over time, I started to believe it. Over time, that's how I came to feel about myself. Um, and my whole outlook started changing. And I learned the power of mindset through that and that thoughts really do become our reality. Um, so mindset was another huge one for me. And then the fifth component is meditation. Now, I actually started meditating a really long time ago without even realizing that that's what I was actually doing. Um, I was simply going into deep breathing techniques um, throughout the day as a way for calming my central nervous system when I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. Um, so early on, I started experiencing, um, or early on after I started experiencing panic attacks, I learned that I could slow them down or stop them completely just with deep breathing. Um, there was a few that I was actually able to reverse when I got into the midst of the panic attack and started to get, so I don't know if you've ever had them, but the ones I would get, it would be like, um, it would start to feel almost like I couldn't breathe. And then it was like this, almost like someone was fading my vision out. It's hard to explain, but like my vision would start to go dark. I would, I, I could see like this shade or something almost coming down over my vision. And it, and I knew like that I was on the verge of blacking out when that would happen. Um, so I started to learn that if I did deep breathing for, and just kept 
making myself deep breathe in really slowly and breathe out really slowly and just kept doing that with my eyes closed. Eventually I could reverse the panic attack um, and stop it from escalating. So um, that was kind of actually my, you know, sort of entree, if you will, into meditation. Um, and then now it's just something I do multiple times a day. Um, I started to do it more intentionally, um, a few years back, um, as a way to, um, connect with God. Like I would, um, read the Bible in the evenings or something before I went to bed. And then I would sit there for a few minutes and do some deep breathing and ask God to give me new understanding or new insight about whatever passage I had read. Um, and then over the last, um, maybe year and a half or so, um, I started using it to just connect to myself more, deepen my connection to God. Um, and it's just something that I have built up as a practice um, that I do throughout the day, multiple times a day. Um, like I said, sometimes it's to connect to myself. Other times it's to connect to God. And then sometimes it's just um, to get myself back into a positive energy and um, more calming energetic state after maybe something upsetting happens or when I feel discouraged about something. Um, and actually, uh, one of my recent episodes I did was um, how to start meditating. So how to start building yourself, uh, building up a meditation practice if you're not doing that already. So you want to check that episode out if that's something you're interested in. And then number six, journaling. So there are so many good things about journaling that I'm not even really sure where to begin. For one thing, it is a great way to get it all out, right? Like you can write out your feelings or things that you maybe want to express, but not to other people that you might want to keep to yourself. Um, So you can let all of that out on the pages of your journal. It's also a great way to help yourself understand your feelings. And even better thing about journaling is it's a great way to manifest So when you're not feeling great, maybe you're feeling down about the way a certain something is going in your life and you ask yourself some questions, right? Like, how do I, like, why do I feel this way about this? What is it inside of me that's causing these results that I'm seeing? Um, And then you can write, well, so first, like, if you give yourself a minute to to let the answers come through, because they will when you, when you kind of give yourself some quiet time and ask these questions to yourself and um, allow yourself the time and space to receive the answers, then you can journal that out. And then you can go into what do you really want? How do you want things to be? And you can write all of that out. And you want to write it out in present tense, you know, holding nothing back. Do this like as if you have a magic wand and whatever you want, you can write it all out and it'll become yours because it really can. Um, Again, like we were saying a minute ago, thoughts become reality. So Um, journaling is helpful both for mental health and moving through emotions and processing things that might be difficult, but it's also a great way to sort of rewrite your story, um, and reconceptualize how you want things to be for yourself, um, who you want to embody and how you want to change. And so that's, um, that's all about the journaling. And then number seven is self-healing. So this is a whole course on its own. And I have actually done an episode on um, on this called The Seven Steps for Healing Emotional Triggers. Um, it's too much to cover in this podcast. Um, so I would go back to that episode if it's something you want to learn more about. Um, I provide a great framework for helping 
how you can, you know, move through these things on your own. Um, but this has been one of the most impactful of all of these different things that I've shared here in this episode um, in my life and in my own healing journal. Um, so um, other things you might want to look at um, to start with this are some self-help books and journals. There's a lot of journals out there now that are designed to help you move through and journal your way through self-healing. Um, they have prompts and, you know, kind of guided um, questions and things like that that are designed for this. Um, and there are so many great ones out there, like I said. So it's just a matter of kind of searching and finding what works for you. Which ones you want to choose really depend on the specific things that you need to heal, the specific things that may be underlying or contributing to your own anxiety and depression or whatever else you might be moving through. Um, I have learned in my own healing journey um, that my journey is is all about healing the feeling of unworthiness, which has been tied to a number of things in my life, um, most of which I've discussed here in this episode. So with that in mind, some of the books that I have found helpful are Dodging Energy Vampires by Christiane Northrup, uh, Running on Empty by Christine Musello, uh, Will I Ever Be Good Enough by Carol McBride, Uninvited, Living Loved When You Feel Less Than, Left Out and Lonely by Lisa Turkhurst, and The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Tolle. Um, and The Power of Now in particular helped me a lot with stress. Um, I came across that book actually when I was trying to figure out how to manage my stress levels. So um, if stress is something that um, affects you, then I would highly recommend that. And it's also really good for anxiety because one of the things that anxiety um, that it sort of cr is created by is what is called catastrophizing. And that's where you sit there and you kind of like go through these scenarios, the negative what ifs, as Abraham Hicks calls it, where you're sitting, I used to spend my entire evening doing this about some crap at work. And I'd sit there and go through all the negative what ifs. And then I would literally work myself into a panic. Um, and this book helped me a lot with with not doing that. So that is a good one. Um, also, I have published a growth and healing journal that's available um, on Amazon. It's a really valuable tool for processing emotions and emotional triggers. It's a very nice um, companion to the episode I mentioned before, Seven Steps for Healing Emotional Triggers. Um, so you can check that out if you like. Um, you can just search my name, Rochelle Weiss, um, or Growth and Healing. And I've also included a link to that in the episode description. So my friends, this is the comprehensive approach that helps me to heal chronic anxiety and depression. I still follow all of these today as I have come to learn that health and healing is a lifelong thing. It's not something that is like a one and done. And through all of the seven of these practices and habits, I have lost weight. I have found love for myself and my body and improved my mental, physical, and spiritual health. I hope you find some inspiration for things that you can integrate into your routine for your health and healing. All right, that concludes today's episode of Faith, Fitness, Joy. I would love to hear from you, so please share your thoughts in the comments. Uh, please subscribe if you find this helpful. As always, you can find me on social media, um, Faith, Fitness, Joy on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're not in the private Facebook group, Faith, Fitness, Joy, I would love to see you in there. I host 
master classes. I do weekly channeled guidance in there, um, provide workouts uh, for the week, um, and all kinds of good stuff, and lots of great uh, community in there. So I would love to see you in there if you're not already. Um, I'll include the link to that as well in the episode description. All right, friends, thanks so much for listening. I hope to see you in the comments and on the socials. Thank you so much for joining Faith Fitness Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think. So please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you would like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on either Instagram or Facebook. Or please join my private Faith Fitness Joy Facebook group where I offer lots of great information, master classes, and weekly channel guidance, and more. Check out my blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss, wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.